Welcome to Nudia Business Podcast, episode 51. Who better to bring us back from a two-year hiatus than So and Gook? Today we discuss four of his dramas, Reply 1997, High School King of Savvy, Doom at Your Service, and we end with an unplanned analysis on The Smile Has Left Your Eyes. Today we debate 10-year age gaps, discuss the implications of buying your crush a dog, and examine the fallout of dating your sibling. We also consider running boring errands with the Grim Reaper, an alien, and Doom. That's what you're in for today on Nunia Business. That's funny you should mention that because do you want to play today's game? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to kind of put you on the spot. That's my favorite place to be, Becca. (laughs) Um, I've been thinking a lot lately about how how many like fantasy dramas have come out. (gasps) Becca, wait. I, last night when I was trying to think about what we could talk about, I'm like, we should just talk about fantasy dramas because there have been so many. Well, let me tell you what. I have some really fun things to talk about today, if that's okay. I have three yeah, yeah. topics. They're all basically focused on So and Gook's dramas. <laughs> oh, you got me. I'm in. All right. But the game today, <clears throat> thinking about this so hard, I'm going to give you, you know, like the Kill Mary yes. game. <laughs> We're going to do something similar, but it's going to be boring adult errands <laughs> <laughs> that you have to run or participate in with three fantasy characters from K-dramas. And those fantasy okay. characters are the Grim Reaper from Goblin. Yep. Uh, Dome and June from My Love from the Stars. Okay. And then Doom from Doom at Your Service. <laughs> oh, God. Did you finish it? Um, We'll get to that. Okay. 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 We'll get to that. So, right. um. You have an alien, you have a doom, and you have the Grim Reaper, and you have to run three boring adult errands. So I'm going to give you the errands, and you can think about it, but I need to know who, who you would use for each errand. I've also put a crazy amount of thought into this myself, so I, I can't wait to tell you my answers. <laughs> the errands are going to the grocery store, going to get an oil change in your car. Okay. This is one of those situations where you walk in and they're like, we'll get to you as soon as we can. Could be four minutes, could be four hours. Okay. And the last one is going to the dentist. Oh, God. So I'm trying to... An alien and doom and the Grim Reaper. Can we we revisit Dome and June for a second? Yes. What are his, like, powers? I can't remember. Can he, like, like, make stuff float or anything? Yes, he can make stuff float. He, he can, can like he can like teleport. Teleport. Yeah. Um, yeah. he gets sick when there's human saliva oh, right. <laughs> on around his body. So he should not go to the dentist. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm gonna go ahead and check him off for the dentist. I guess with Dome and June, I would do the teleport or teleport. I would do the um oil change. Oh, okay. Because then we could teleport out of there while we're waiting. <laughs> and then when they call us, we could teleport right back. So we like, you know, go get a coffee and then come back to get our oil changed. I also feel like if it's a scenario where um, they're going to try to like tell me a bunch of stuff's wrong with my car and I'm going to need a, I guess that's not really an oil change situation, but you know how they always try to upsell you when you get your oil oh, changed? Yeah. Your windshield wipers, this is your yeah, air filters. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, all these things they want to fix. I would love to see somebody try to upsell Dome in June. <laughs> it would not work in their favor for sure. I think the Grim Reaper, which this is dark, I think, but I think he would go to the dentist with <laughs> <laughs> any, any particular reason? Nope. 
<laughs> I think that I'm I'm leaning toward doom at the grocery store because he has a tendency to like, you know, make bad things happen to people. Oh God. Okay. Hang on. The way I said that is not how I meant it. Don't want bad things to happen to strangers at the grocery store. I'm just saying. In a large space, confined space full of people, especially at this point in life, I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of rudeness, and it's very yeah. frustrating. And I feel like I would want Doom to be there <laughs> if there are rude people in the grocery store who are like, you know, cutting people in line or like being, I don't know, annoying. I would prefer to have Doom there i definitely don't want doom at the dentist although a great reaper at the dentist does not sound good either <laughs> but the alien can't go to the dentist and i don't doom and june get so stressed out in crowds i don't think i want him at the grocery store either <laughs> like he hates people you, about this <laughs> <laughs> you just broke my brain i can't figure out what the right answer is <laughs> There is no right answer. I just love how you you deconstruct the characters on such a deeper level than other human beings in my life. And it brings me so much joy. I, like, I have to look at the character, like, take them out of the show and, like, the romance <laughs> of the show. And it's like, okay, this person with these traits, right, is a nightmare. Like, you can't, you can't get saliva on this guy. Like, if somebody sneezes near him, he goes into full physical meltdown. So I just feel like... <laughs> you have to consider like you're responsible now for this guy in this grocery store if he gets sick you're the, his companion and you're in charge and like I don't want that responsibility frankly <laughs> anyway what were your answers <laughs> <laughs> oh my god what am I about this for hours <laughs> And be like, oh no, you, no, you should have taken Doom to the dentist. <laughs> that sounds like a K drama. Doom at the dentist. So does you just said like this guy's a nightmare, and I'm like that could be a K drama. This, guy's a, this guy's a nightmare. Um, when I thought about it, I think I would take Doom and June to the grocery store because I do not like traffic. And in my old age, I'm getting very grouchy when there's a lot of traffic. And I do also do not like crowds, do not like them. So I'm like, he could just teleport us to the grocery store, use his floating mind tricks, throw everything in the cart the second we get in the door, check out. He could teleport us to the next place. We could probably go get some frozen yogurt. I know he wouldn't eat it because we can't swap saliva. Mm. Also, he wouldn't eat my groceries because he wouldn't want to get sick. Does he eat food? I believe he eats food. Yes, because he drinks coffee and gets sick because somebody spit in his coffee. Does so Doom does. eat food? Doom can eat food, but he doesn't need food. And and Grim Reaper, I mean, they were always at that chicken restaurant, but I don't oh. remember ever eating. <laughs> he was only there because of his long lost <laughs> age of love. I think he just right? drinks food like with people that are dying. She had like a chicken restaurant. <laughs> so long since I watched Goblin. If you ask me like what's a recent K drama that came out in my head, I'd be like Goblin, but it's like five years ago now. <laughs> I still feel that way about like Boys Over Flowers. I met somebody and they're like, that drama's like 15 years old. And I was like, oh, is it? I yeah, it's, 
it it's, feels new to me. <laughs> yeah. There's so much that happens in it. You can never get a full grasp on it. <laughs> God. Okay. Um, so, yes. So, go to the grocery store. store. I think I would bring the Grim Reaper to get my oil change because, much like you said, who was going to try to upsell the Grim Reaper? Like, he's mm -hmm. got those sad, doughy eyes. No, they're, we're going to just do what they're probably going to get us in line first, too. I think if they saw us coming, he's a very intimidating presence. And I would bring Doom to the dentist. Who bring Doom to the dentist? I just don't bring I Doom. I feel like to he's going to make Doom happen to me. But Doom's already going to happen to somebody at the dentist. So it's like he'll fit in. He'll feel at home. Why would you say that? <laughs> I have been to the dentist so much in my life. I Nothing could happen to the dentist. Again. I was just thinking as we were going through this. Of those three, I think hanging out with the Grim Reaper would actually be pretty fun because he has that fun, uh, low-key sense of humor. It's like very dry and very dark, and I relate to it deeply. And I just feel like, generally speaking, he knows how to behave in with humans without being super weird about it. Like, like Doom's pretty weird around humans. Well, especially because if he takes a step, like a, the, a sinkhole <laughs> I know. He lights a cigarette and there's a car crash. Yeah. I will say that I do enjoy, I really enjoy that part of the show. Like it's very fun the way that they make you visualize Doom. Um, and we could talk about it more later. I haven't finished it though. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you about a couple of <clears throat> things today. Should we just jump in? Let's do it. Also, okay, I, so I still can't believe you would take Doom to the dentist. That is dark. <laughs> that is some dark. That is some dark content for a Sunday morning. <laughs> Isn't that pretty on brand for me, though? Yeah, actually, like surprisingly dark is your is why I love you. The fact that yeah. you're oh, I feel like it's worth saying now that I know your full astrological chart, it makes way more sense. <laughs> this is I feel like everyone got into astrology during quarantine because we were all like, I need to make sense of something. <laughs> like Google, why am I sad? Oh, you're Pisces. <laughs> <laughs> and you just come back with, there's a worldwide pandemic. That's why yeah, you're no, sad. No, it was like, you're a, Pisces, a Pisces. you're a Taurus moon. <laughs> Google, why am I not more sad? You're a Taurus moon. <laughs> you like being home and having no one talk to you. <laughs> uh, jumping in, jumping in. Okay, jumping in. Okay, so this all started because... <laughs> I really want, I was so excited to watch Doom at your service. You were pretty excited, right? Yeah, I was, this is the first time in a while I've had like a countdown to the start of a drama, but it's just because, you know, I, like, I feel like I say this about five to 12 people, but Sohnkook is like my favorite actor. He, he genuinely is the actor who I've actually watched all of his shows, even the ones that were definitely not Megan shows, like the smile has left your eyes. <laughs> I loved that show. That, I don't know if we're going to discuss that one today. <laughs> my favorite thing to do is to tell people the detailed plot synopsis of the smiles <laughs> of their eyes because everyone's like, where is this going? And you'll never guess where it's going. <laughs> and you can literally watch the smile leave their eyes as you tell them more and more details of the show. Yeah, yeah. As they're like, okay, this sounds interesting. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Why? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I breezed through that one. So anyway, I was really excited for service. <laughs> I also, you know, can't go wrong with Park Bo Young and the and I don't really know what his part is yet because I have I'm not super far in, but the guy who plays her coworker who's in like he's like the second male lead in everything and I always love him. Yes, 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 yes. I love him. And this is the third thing he's in with So and Gook. Which I had no idea. And part of the reason he's so great is because I think he has that like hot, cold look. Sorry, hot, cold was confusing. Physically hot. Physically hot, emotionally cold. But he's also surprisingly funny. He's like very, very good at being kind of just a sweet goofball. I So I'm excited to see how his role develops. Yeah, it all started with couldn't wait for doom at your service but as you know i i can be patient over the long run because i will not watch a show until it's all aired Mm -hmm. so in order to amp up the excitement a little more i decided to just go through so and gook's entire catalog of everything i've seen and not seen so i breeze through like shopping king louis which i'd already seen um i'm trying to think there oh master son i'd already seen like i tried to just the smiles has left your eyes and then I was like, let's dig into these catalogs I have not watched. And that is what we're going to talk about today. So there's three shows I would love to dig into with you. Yes. We're going to start with Reply 1997. Okay. And we're going to go to High School King of Savvy. Yes, ma'am. And then we're going to just hit up what we've seen of Doom at Your Service. Pa- pause. Yes. Did you or have you ever watched Squad 38? I have not because... Okay. I cannot find it. It's not it on Netflix. Taken, it's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon. I can't find it. It got taken off of Vicky. I hope it comes back because that might be, I mean, that is like in the holy grail of K-dramas for me. It is a perfect show. I've watched it like four times. I'm so mad at myself for not watching it when you told me to. Like three he years is, ago. That solidified my obsession with him because it's just, he's such a, I think he's very versatile. I think he's super versatile. And so the shows we're going to talk about, 97 and High School King of Savvy are very in line with like Shopping King Louie where he plays an adorable dum-dum, like super Mm -hmm. naive, kind of innocent, you know, cutie. And then you see stuff like Squad 38 and Smile has Left Your Eyes and Doom at Your Service and you're like, oh, you're deep. Like, I, I, like <laughs> I like this alternate character you play. Although Smile has Left Your Eyes, he's terrifying. So. Oh, I love. Oh, I love. We might have to like dip into that today if we have time. Yeah. I loved that show. And I know, I know not everybody did. I loved that show. Loved that show. <laughs> There's every kind of trauma you could imagine. I know. So great. <laughs> not just one trauma, not just like you could have taken any single trauma from that show and built an entire show around it. Like it would have been enough to fuel. It could have acted as an engine for just one of their traumas could have fueled the whole show. But no, <laughs> there is more. And it was just like worse and worse and worse. And I think we said this in a previous podcast when I talked about it. The whole thing could have been solved by one person just telling one other person the truth about something like if they, he had just been like hey adopted sister <laughs> <laughs> but where's the fun in that that gets us nowhere yeah i know but you know me i like a quick resolution <laughs> <laughs> and the rest of the shows everyone just being happy and open <laughs> okay okay so let's start with reply 1997 everybody knows if you've listened to any of our shows prior to this that we were both traumatized by reply 1988 
Um, like a big moment in our lives was replying. Yeah. So for a while, I decided I was just never going to watch any other ones of the Reply series. But then I decided I had to. And I knew there was one with a happy ending and one with a slightly controversial ending. Mm-hmm. Still haven't watched the other one. So enter Reply 1997. Let me tell you the reasons why I absolutely loved the show. It has nothing to... Okay, all the characters were great. Hated Big Brother. Did not like him. Did not like him as a oh. second lead. Yeah. I'm so obsessed, though, with the the love story between the friends. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So it was, it was like, he's like a second, second male lead, but he's not going after the female lead. He's going after the male lead. And I thought it was, you had kind of told me about it, that it was going to happen. But it, the whole show, I didn't know which one of his friends. There's so many guy friends in the show. I didn't know which one was going to have feelings for him. And then as the show you know, kind of went on the journey and you're like, oh my gosh, it's this guy. It was so beautifully done. And I just love how it wasn't, the the writers did not make this gimmicky. I didn't feel like it was for publicity. I honestly just feel like there's just two human beings here. And this one really, really deeply cares for this one. Yeah, And like, it's not about gender at all. And I feel like anybody anywhere has been in a situation where you either fall for a friend or a friend falls for you. And it's awkward but like you don't want to lose that friendship, but there's just so much like innocence there. And the fact that this was a same sex relationship made it more layered and deep and beautiful. I love the whole thing. Like to me, this was my favorite part of the show. I loved yeah, it. I, I agree. Loved, loved I feel like, I feel like while the main character relationships were interesting, that relationship on every level was definitely the most complex. So even as friends, I think that the character Hoya played was a really beautiful character. Like, uh, just so interesting. And if I, again, God, it's been years since I watched it. But I feel like you just, not that the rest of the storyline isn't great and you want to watch it. You're just like, bring, I want more of him. I want more of this. Yes. Put him in every scene. Well, and he was so honest. There were so many scenes where, he would try he would try to give the main lead Yunje advice on like getting the girl like he was trying to help even though he loved him he was trying to help him get the girl yeah. and then i think her name was Shiwan in the show or Siwan in the show she would try to help cuz she discovered the romance there so she was trying to help the best friend get the guy so it's like they were all working against each other in a way but it was yeah. so pure and so beautiful and it, i don't know i just there's a scene where he like confesses to his best friend yes, and his best friend real. like lets it sit for a minute. And then he like, he's like, come on. And he like pushes it off. Like it was a joke, but it wasn't mean spirited or anything. You could tell he genuinely thought he was joking, but then in the, there's like at the end of the show when he realizes that his best friend has fallen in love with him, he like looks back on that and feels awful. Like Isn't it's it, just so well done. It's like a scene in the hospital stairwell. Yes, where he's talking to the female lead and he admits that he... Yeah, and I don't him. remember why they're at the hospital at all. But that scene completely stuck with me because it was so beautiful. The whole thing was lovely. I just hated the big brother. And I hated every time that they're like, you know, every cliffhanger was, 
who's the father of this baby? And then both the brothers would run around the corner. And I'm like, are you kidding me? If it ends up being the big brother, I will throw my computer out the window. I feel like the only reason I was, I feel like if I had watched them in order and I'd watched this one before 1988, which I didn't, I watched 1988 first. If I hadn't had that, like, sting of 1988 still I would not have doubted it for a minute I would have been like no way is it the older brother they had no chemistry that made no sense that they were dating when he also okay I'm remembering weird bits and pieces I remember that the younger brother Yoonjae buys she won a dog that looks like her or him yes I forgot all about that yes <laughs> and we get their dog and he's gonna give her the dog and then she starts dating the older brother and so it was like a double punch in the face when he's like got this dog he can't do anything <laughs> 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 and I was just the whole time like oh god what's gonna happen to the dog <laughs> yeah and you know what's funny is the dog ends up with the best friend that's in love with him Oh, yeah, it makes it even more heartbreaking because now he has a dog that he that looks like his friend that that his friend bought for his potential girlfriend. And then he got stuck raising the dog and he ends up giving it to a child. It's very sweet at the end. But um, yeah, yeah. your brother thing. I'm like remembering the whole chunk of the middle where she's with him. And it's just like this. No one believes like the, the characters believe this. They They have nothing in common. There's no reason they would date. And he was older enough I could not forget about it in in this show I couldn't either and it just he seemed very not stalker-ish creepy possessive of her like in a way where it was like this is not natural his younger brother would eat meals at her and her parents house like they were more like in some ways more like brother and sister like they had a very beautiful Mm -hmm. deep friendship before this love blossomed and then the, the older brother is like oh I'm here and we should date, and I own you now. And it's, it was just weird. It was yeah, weird. It did, it did not organically happen, in my no. if my memory serves me right. But and he just kept buying her nice gifts, and I'm like, I don't see her character as a gold digger. But it was almost like that's how they were portraying it. Sometimes it felt off. Part of what's fun about her character and the time period is that she's a fan of HOT, and so she's a hardcore fangirl. And so part of me is like. If it's supposed to be some translation of the fantasy of like the like rich male idol like taking care of you and buying you things, I like I don't know if that's what it was supposed to be, and it just didn't feel good, <laughs> or if it's something else entirely. But I kept trying to make it relate back to that, like oh she, well she likes these older guys in the band, so maybe that's why she's attracted to him. He's like a rich and handsome. Was he like a doctor? I think he's like a politician. Oh, politician. Um, but yeah, it just didn't, it didn't seem like her. It's not, I mean, she, she was so confident and capable. It didn't seem like her to be like, oh, buy me this, buy me this, buy me this, take care of me. It just, yeah, it, it was just it kind of flat compared to the rest of it. Cause so many of the other relationships were so rich and interesting. There we go. Oh, I also have to say uh, another favorite part of my drama is the first kiss. He's like at the school and they have this like out, Door, like with the water fountain faucet yes and he's like he's got a shirt off and he's whatever and he's cleaning up and she comes up and she like smacks him on the back for something and he kisses her and then she like starts beating him up and he's like ow ow that hurts and she's like that's why I'm doing it it's like some of my favorite dialogue but then in the scene he runs away and the camera just lets them go into the distance for quite a ways and there's this giant like cement 
flower pot and it's got this huge bush in it. And I don't know if it was scripted or if he just kind of off the cuff did it, but he's like running backwards and he turns around and he realizes there's a giant concrete pot there. So he just like split second jumps in the air and straddles it like a hurdle. And it is like one of the like physically funny things I've ever seen in a show. It was so fast and I, I doubt a lot of people noticed it, but I had to rewind it like three times. And then I had to like get my husband and like, look at him just like destroy. I distinctly remember that scene because it is such a great scene. And so it's like the perfect, like identify one scene to define their relationship scene kind of thing. Yes. And I don't remember the flower pots. So I'm going to have to watch that. But you saying that again, goes back to why I think he's such a perfect actor is because he's, he can do physical comedy. He can do, dialogue comedy he can do drama he's so he's just so good mm -hmm. I, especially I especially think he's so good when he's when he's doing comedy I, I I love him in comedy as always I'm on medication for a sinus infection <laughs> so if I'm I feel like I've had to apologize to everyone I've met in the last two weeks where it's like if I trail off in the middle of a sentence or just stare into the void for a while <laughs> or it takes me a really long time to figure out what I'm trying to say it's because this nose spray I'm on has a lot of side effects. <laughs> I am a mess. I, I stay inside for a year and don't get sick. I leave. I got to go back to the office sometimes now. And I'm there for two days and I'm down for the count. Well, shall we move on? Yes. Okay, because I'm really excited to talk about High School King of Savvy. <laughs> I'm so happy that you watched this show. Okay, I watched it. I'm going to be honest. I loved it. The age gap did not bother me whatsoever. But I, after watching a show, I love to go through the reviews and see what other people took away from it. A lot of people could not get past the, age, the gap. age gap. They just could not get past it. For whatever reason, because I feel like I often get hung up on age gaps. Like Goblin. I have a hugely hard time with Goblin because I'm like, she's in high school and you're like 300. <laughs> And I just can't quite make myself okay with it. But yeah, I don't know if it's because he didn't really seem like a high school student and she also didn't seem like the, the care. They made the character kind of, I don't know if immature is the right word, but not immature. Like she seemed very young emotionally and so did he, but he also as an actor, like I was like, there's no way this guy's 19 or 20 or whatever. So for whatever reason, I could suspend disbelief a little more. There were moments, though, like I remember the part in the middle where they're like, we're going to get married, I think. Mm -hmm. And I was like, ooh, for the first time, <laughs> <laughs> time I'm kind of like, uh, are we there yet? Like, <laughs> I, I was a little... I also don't remember why all of us I remember got real serious all of a sudden they were like gonna get married and I don't remember what led to that was one of them moving or something <laughs> well, <laughs> it's again we'll been like five years since I watched the show <laughs> we'll back up for a minute so like a brief synopsis of the show for anybody who hasn't watched it is oh, that yeah, right. <laughs> character is a high schooler who plays ice hockey out of the blue, he gets a phone call from his totally way older brother. About hockey. Yes. Being part of the show is hockey. So his older brother calls him out of the blue one day. He lives internationally. And he's like, listen, I just got a job in South Korea. Don't ask any questions. You have to go to this company tomorrow and pretend to be me. And 
<laughs> apparently everybody has hints throughout the show that they are like identical even though there's a big age gap between him and his brother they look a lot alike so he shows up at the company and then you know the the actress i think ihana maybe is uh like a temporary employee there and so she ends up being like his assistant which okay so flash forward so now we have a high schooler <laughs> pretending to be like a huge company director of this mega successful business and yeah that's the premise of the show so now we can jump in a little more yeah lihana is her name um and i'm just realizing i'm not sure what else i've seen her in she plays an interesting character it's not your typical female lead but it also kind of is your typical female lead it's like, almost a female lead that we don't like taken to the extreme like she's no confidence at all she so, doesn't even like look up when she walks and like her character's always hunched over it looks like she almost has a hunchback because she's just like so timid and so unsure of herself people walk all over her yeah it's like the like worst qualities of a female lead times 10. But then they make you like it because rather than taking that character and correct me if I'm wrong, because again, it's been such a long time since I watched it rather than taking that character and being like, oh, love will transform her into a more ideal woman. It doesn't really. She's still kind of a shy, timid woman who gets a little bit of confidence, but I don't remember them like giving her a huge makeover or anything. She's got kind of like she wears like clothes that are too big and she wears glasses that don't really suit her face. And she's just like it's part of that, like they're trying to make it. visually obvious that she's not confident in how she looks but I don't remember them like transforming her because of love like this man comes in and she transforms I I feel like the thing that made it so sweet is he just liked her like that and she Mm -hmm. accepted him for his weird self and they were they had really good chemistry which was off the charts chemistry (laughs) I I wasn't sure it was going to work because of the characters he's super confident he's like king of high school High school mm-hmm. king of savvy. He is literally like the <laughs> like the king of high school. All the girls want him. All the men fear him. Like you know, he's he's super popular and cool and confident. He can show up at a conglomerate and act like he owns the place, and people believe him. <laughs> and she's you know a tiny little mouse. Like she she's scared of everything and everyone, and doesn't doesn't command respect or anything. But they just yeah they were just really good together. And I think that you spend so much time at the job and not as much time at high school. (laughs) (laughs) Which I I have to say, the other, so when people had a problem with the age difference, I was like, I have a bigger issue with the fact that I'm supposed to (laughs) suspend all belief and the fact that he will show up at high school in the morning, the teacher will call attendance, he'll say, here, then he hops out of a window (laughs) And goes to and work. Runs to work while his friends get this dummy that they made with like a hood over its head and they put it down on the desk like he's sleeping all day. What kind of school would not check on a student that is sleeping for eight hours a day every day of the week? Especially if he's a star athlete. I'm assuming they have, <laughs> you know, requirements, great requirements for athlete, student athletes. And if he's not meeting them, then he can't play in the hockey game. <laughs> but yeah. They show that so many times of attendance, here, teacher, and pops out the window, and then his friends grab the mannequin and put it on the desk. Just like, I think they show it 20 times throughout the show. That and the fact that, like, how many of your classmates see you do this and nobody says anything? 
What? Can you remind me what the business is? I feel like doesn't yeah, the, it's like a real estate, isn't it? The They're like their brother, big project oh, is a mall. Yeah. yeah, the older brother needs him to pretend to be him because of some corporate espionage. He tries to leave the country to come to South Korea, but like his roommate or an old business partner is murdered, and so they capture him at the airport and think that he murdered this guy. It's it could be its own drama for sure. Well, then yeah. if he doesn't show up at work, they lose the company or something, and that's why they need the little brother to go. Can't even remember. I, I don't mean, even. That's I, a minor part of the story. That's a minor part of the storyline. It doesn't really matter. All that matters is that. His, what do we? Is he nineteen? Is that his age? Nineteen. Eighteen. That's oh, the other 18. thing. When people are like, "I have such a hard time with this age gap," and it's like, I had to text you. I think I was in episode eight or nine, and I was like, "What is this age gap?" Like, all of a sudden, it hit me that, like, they must be pretty far apart. I was that far into the show before it hit me, like, oh, yeah, you're like, oh, there wait, must be a pretty weird. decent age gap here. And you're like, I don't know. I think he's 18. I think she's in her young 20s. And I was like, that's not bad. And then, like, two episodes later, they both finally come out and say, I'm 18. I'm 28. And I was like, oh, that is kind of a big gap. Yeah. But again, my grandparents were 10 years apart, and they met when my grandma was 16. My grandpa was 26. <laughs> they got married when she was 18, and he was 28. So... In my family, like, I know that seems like a big age gap. It seemed very commonplace growing up. Like, oh, it's totally normal for people who are well, 10 years apart to get it's married. Not, it's not 17 and 300. So if that's the <laughs> at which we're basing all of this, then this is nothing. 10 years is nothing compared to the goblin age gap. And the other thing I loved, I hope you remember this part. She did change a little when she finally realized what was happening. And she realized that he was 10 years younger than her. Mm -hmm. And she, like... And she did along with it at work. But then there's like this beautiful scene in the elevator where she's like, I'm going to walk out on you or I'm going to tell everybody if you don't start calling me Nuna when we're together, like in private. And it's this amazing scene where he's like muttering it under like he just he will he refuses to call her Nuna. And then when he finally does, he's like, Nuna, Nuna, Nuna. And he's like in her face. And it's it's oh, the tension is real and amazing. And is then there she, she just gets more confident. Is there a moment where she's like, we can't date because you're. 18 and you don't even know what you want is that the show where she's like you're like i'm not going to hold you to this because yes i you're we're in such different places i feel like that was a good it was good that they put that in because that was my whole thought was like this kid doesn't know what he's a child this he doesn't know anything like mm -hmm. for you to be 28 years old although again they make her very emotionally immature so they're they're kind of in the same place emotionally which makes it slightly easier to accept. But I was kept waiting for her to be like, we are, I've been through so many more things than you and you haven't even like graduated. You don't even know what you want to do with your life. But then again, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her life either. So exactly. It wasn't like she had, you know, a five-year plan that she was trying to stick to. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that, that we've had this conversation when um, we've encountered people on, on the internet who are like you're too old to like idols or you're too old to like bts it's like well i'm not trying to date them like <laughs> <laughs> just let me feel joy i'm not trying to like take them to the olive garden and like <laughs> man just give me a break <laughs> reel it in <laughs> That, you, that are, you are my version of like the Grim Reaper. Like I want you to be around whenever somebody is mean to me. Can I just tell you? Shut it down. The greatest compliment you've ever given me is comparing me to the Grim Reaper. 
Um, I, I will say, I said what I just said, but if any member of BTS wanted me to take them to the Olive Garden, I would. <laughs> I would happily, happily pay for their suit salad and breadsticks. <laughs> okay sorry got distracted so yes i feel like the bottom line for this show is it's very cute and fun songkook is as usual a darn delight liana is a darn delight they have wonderful chemistry as um acting partners the age gap is weird it's it's but it's fine like the whole time you're going to be aware of it and you're going to be like, do I like this? No, but the show is adorable and I'm just going to keep going. Well, and yeah, my final thought on the age gap is it's not her clinging onto him like ever. Like he yeah. is the one being needy and emotional and um, he doesn't, he refuses to let her go. She politely says no, like five times. Like if anything, it's kind of his own fault. So somebody I, online did use the word grooming. It was like, she was grooming him. And I was like, I feel like that is a strong choice of words. Oh, God. Plus 18, you're of legal age. Like I just, is it obvious there's an age gap? Yes. Did it bother me as much as everybody else? No. To keep in mind, this is a show. This is a fun like escape from reality. I don't take this as like gospel. So no, I enjoyed this show a lot. It was it was super fun for me. I do feel like I want to rewatch it now, you know, slightly older than I was the first time I watched it. Just out of curiosity to see if it hits the same way. Although what you just said reminded me of I don't know where I heard this or read it, but have you seen the movie Charade? Charade. It's Carrie Grant. Oh. Hepburn. So uh, the story I heard is that um, the original script, it's like an old, fun little capery movie. And in the original script, Cary Grant's like really pursuing Audrey Hepburn and very like suave, debonair kind of thing. And he, the age difference between them was so great, it made him uncomfortable. So he had them rewrite the script so that she was only pursuing him and he did not like make any weird. Wow. Yeah, because he he felt like it was not cool the way it was originally. And the only line I remember is she says something to him like, do you know what, you know what I don't like about you or, you know, what's wrong with you? And he says, what? And she says, nothing <laughs> something like that. But yeah, I remember reading that and I was like in old movies, I don't notice the age gap because especially with men and women, they, there's always like a massive age gap and we're just like, okay, accept it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's okay if it's a, a 50-year-old guy and a 20-year-old woman. That's the way the world is. See, and I think that's what bothers me when people are bothered by this age gap, where it's like, why can't it be the other way around? I'm sorry. Like, yeah. this happens all the time in movies. I've seen movies before where, in real life, the actress was, like, 16, mm-hmm. and, the lead, and the main lead was, like, 24. And it's like, there's almost... And she's a minor. Like, well, if that doesn't well, bother you, I'm not sure why this would. So. Especially if you're talking, like, the actual actor is younger. Because, like, So and Cuckoo is, like, probably in his mid-20s when he I made I think he show. was 30 when he made the show. And I think she was 33. I think I, I had to go look it up. The I think the problem comes with the high school part of it. Like, I don't understand why it needed to be a high school student. I think re-examining it, he could have easily been in college... He could have easily just been like a bum in his 20s who's has this high functioning overachiever brother and he's like, you know, not doing much. There's no reason. I, I think that the, the, that's where the discomfort is for me is like the fact that he's still in high school because, yeah, it's just like a level of maturity that is not there. But see, for me, it just mm-hmm. added to the acting because there were so many moments of like jealousy and he's just so good. Like 
the fact that he was in high school, he was a little, the only thing that made him insecure was the fact that he was in high school. And so there were moments where he was jealous or at work where he was maybe not confident and his acting just really shined for me. Cause it was like, you can tell he's channeling this, mm -hmm. you know, imposter syndrome into anyway, it was great. Another scene I just wanted to talk about really, really fast is a scene where he ends up getting hurt. He can't play hockey anymore. So she's trying to encourage him to like rehabilitate and she'll take him like exercising and he's, it, he does not want any part of it, but he's going because he likes her. And so they're exercising early in the morning and she's like stretching and her shirt keeps coming up over her belly a little bit. And he like runs over and pulls it down because he doesn't want anybody to see her belly. And then she says something about being healthy or like he should be taking this seriously. And he's like, oh, look over there. And he points and she looks and he does this fake like jab cross behind her like he's hitting her. And it's one of the funniest things again where I had to go get my husband and be like, watch this scene. Cause he's looks, he looks so angry. He's like, look over there. And she does. And then he gets mad and he just like fake hits her. And she looks back and she's like, what did you want me to look at? And he's like, oh, I don't know. It must be gone. And it's so fast. It was so funny. The, the acting here was phenomenal. I love it. I definitely remember the like workout stuff where she's like real, like cheerful and we're going to get you back in shape. Or whatever. <laughs> I don't remember that, but I do remember just the whole thing. I feel like, again, I, I couldn't stop watching because he was so good. He's so funny and charming. And it was like, I did, this was one that I started twice. The first time I started it, I got hung up on the age thing. I was like, no, I don't, I'm just not going to do this. But then <clears throat> I started watching all of his other dramas and I was like, I can't, I got, I gotta, it's time. I gotta watch it. Like I, I can't get enough of him. I need more. And it was not soon, not too far after shopping King Louie. So I was really looking for that vibe. And this is that vibe, like very much this, a similar vibe to shopping King Louie. It is. <clears throat> Let's talk about the big one. Let's talk about doom at your service. Okay. You finished it. I am on the last episode and I have about 30 minutes left and my disclaimer here is I do not like the ending. I honestly wish people will not agree. I wish it would have ended at episode 14. Okay. So this How is far are you? like episode four. Oh, okay. <laughs> so but now my brain is churning because I'm wondering if you don't like the ending. Will I like it? You will love the ending. So that means it's happy. Uh, from what I've seen, I have fallen asleep during this last episode like four nights in a row. Like I, the one night, I'm not even kidding. Don't tell my husband. I stayed up until like 5 a.m. watching this, this show. Like I started it at like eight o'clock at night, I think on Monday. And next thing I know, it is 5 a.m. on Tuesday morning, and I'm still watching the show. I was like, I have to get at least an hour of sleep before I start my day. I, I was so hooked. I had to watch every single episode. And then it got to, like, episode 14, and it felt like a moment where I'm like, everybody got what they deserved, <laughs> and the show should end here. And, and it didn't, and it kept going, and it was just, I don't know. I don't know. I really, it would have been a horrible ending for a lot of people, but I just thought it was well-written and beautiful and I wish it would have ended there but it didn't you I feel like there are multiple shows where I have that same feeling and so I just choose to believe they end there <laughs> I'm tempted just and then like finish. yeah I just like there the, there's a fan fiction I read actually that like was super long it was like 15 or 16 installations 
And it was one of those that, you know, it was just so well-written. The story was so engaging and, and it came to like a very natural, beautiful conclusion, but then the writer kept going and it's like so dramatic now and tangled <laughs> up and she, it's not finished. And I wish it had just ended. Like I didn't want it to end at the time. Cause I'm like, keep giving me these characters. These characters are so good. But now I'm like, oh my God, it should have just ended. It should have just ended where I was happy, back when I was happy. You know what's beautiful about life is I guess I could just end the show here and just say it ended there. I do that all Maybe the time. I should. Maybe Think about I should. all the shows I haven't finished because I don't want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Doom at Your Service. Let's give a brief synopsis so in case anybody isn't watching. Yeah. I feel like the whole world is watching. Basically, there's a young lady in her I don't know mid-20s maybe I don't know if they ever tell us her age I think she said she's um, 30. she's 30 30 okay and she's got she's had a very hard life she's on her parents she's taking care of her little brother um she's you know she's got a successful job career whatever well she finds out she has brain cancer and she does not have long to live and so she's like on top of her apartment and she's screaming at the world and she's like I just wish I could bring doom upon the world and then Doom dong, <laughs> Doom shows up at her door. So it's as if so in Gook's character, Doom literally embodies like all bad things in the world exist because this being is on Earth. So like if he lights a cigarette, like there could be a, we mentioned there could be a car crash or you know he I don't know stomps on his car pedal and there's a huge pothole in the middle of the road that swallows somebody whole and it's super fun. I think it's super yeah. fun concept. Yes, very good. Especially because I feel like Doom is not a character we see often. We don't think of, like, we think of death. Yes, the Grim Reaper is the, the closest Reaper, I can death. compare. Yes. Doom, as a concept, is so good and fun. Like, what a gigantic, horrifying presence Doom is. <laughs> and then the way they've embodied Doom is kind of beautiful. Because at least up to where I am, Doom is, like, very necessary doom is i guess that they, they, they always make it seem like well obviously for life to exist death has to exist but it's, that's the same thing for like good to happen bad has to happen and so doom is in charge of maintaining this balance but he doesn't want to like right. it hurts him again this is only up to where i am which is i guess i should tell you where i am so you have a navigation yes please tell me the last thing i watched they they like moved in together but then she did something and he got mad and so he took his house away. <laughs> what? Do you know what I mean? Hearing you say that, if I hadn't seen the show, I'd be like, what the age is she talking about? Yeah. But no, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. So, yeah. like, so she just lives in a rooftop apartment and then she asks him to move in, which there are some things about this where I'm like, I don't really know what's going on, but that's fine. <laughs> and she asked him to move in and so he's like, yeah, sure. Why not? But instead of moving into her apartment, when she walks into her apartment, she's just can like see his apartment, like his huge, beautiful home is just like there. So their living rooms are connected. It's like and, she went from like a studio to like a huge open concept yeah. where she's got her light, bright, happy human home. And then it's like dark doom like mansion. It's truly like an underground cave because it's like tree, like wood everywhere and, and very natural and elements throughout. Yeah. It's, it's really pretty. But then there's a part where she's all psyched because she's like, check out this awesome house. Where's Is there a bedroom for me to sleep in here? And he's like, nope. And she's like, what about here? Nope. Like, there's nowhere for you, essentially, is what he's saying. And I think I'm still early enough that I don't really get him. I can tell there's obviously a lot bubbling under the surface. But I'm a little, 
I'm a little still unsure what his vibe is. <laughs> like, um, so I think the last thing I saw, she woke up and he took his house away. <laughs> That's <sad. laughs> That's so funny. And I will say, so they have this whole thing where, so she's essentially, I mean, for lack of a better comparison, she's sold her soul to the devil, kind of. Like, mm-hmm. like she she has a wish she gets to make, and I think it has to be about the destruction of the world, essentially. Like, Basically, he's like, I will, they enter a contract. Yes. Of course. So <laughs> it's always something to do with a contract. <clears throat> Basically, he's like, I will make sure your next 100 days, like you're going to die on March 2nd. And I will make sure up until that day, yes, your body will whatever decay, your brain tumor will get worse. You will die. I will make sure that it's pain-free though. Like we'll hold hands every day, once a day before midnight. And I'll, it'll, I'll take all the pain away for the next day or whatever. And he's like, the deal is before you die, then you have to wish doom upon the world. Because he's, I think he's tired of being doom. If I'm, if I'm interpreting what they're saying, he's tired of being doom. So he wants her to wish doom upon the world. So he can just kind of end his job here. Which it and seems like it is very in line with those other, like the Grim Reaper, like, and, um, and, uh, the goblin character where it's like, they didn't, they like somehow existed previously and have been like forced into this role anyway. Yeah. And then, um, well, then she brings up like, what happens if I decide I want to live? Like what happens if I decide I want to get treatment and I don't, I don't want to honor this contract. And he's like, Oh, no problem. <laughs> you could totally do that. Then I'll just kill the person you love the most. Yeah. Okay. So then yeah. it's this whole equation where she's like, who do I love the most? He's, she's going to take my aunt. She's going to take my brother. He's going to take, there's a beautiful friendship with her and her best friend. She's like, I'm worried he'll take my best friend. And so she decides after writing all this down, I'll just love doom. I will really try my hardest to fall in love with this guy and then I'll get to live and he will die. Like, and, and God will take him. Yeah. And not going to lie when they like gave that little, like when she like presented that, I was like, Oh, I was like so smart. (laughs) That's great. This is like, I didn't expect this. I didn't see this coming. And of course, the more you think about it, you're like, wait a minute, this is not going to work. But (laughs) But at first, as a reveal, I was like, oh, that's excellent. Well done. Like, I, yeah, I, really, I was like, that's that's actually some sound science. So I was taken aback by the logic. I was like, this I, just all well, checks out. Like, so far, I'm, this all makes sense. Just like generally in fantasy, anything, I'm willing to just be like, this doesn't check out, but I'll take it. Like, I'm I'm here for it. It's fine. But this one, I'm like, whoa, all these ends are just like, they max <laughs> up and it's, it's perfect. Who knows if it stays that way? Cause this is a very huge concept to go for, but I will say I have really enjoyed it so far. It's not that I haven't finished it because I am not into it. It's just, you know, me, it takes me like six years to do anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I definitely also think that the, the, content immediately following that revelation where she's like trying to figure out how to fall in love with somebody is super funny and partially because she is again capable of doing pretty much any speed but her as a comedian she's just shines yes Uh, and she and Lee Suhyuk have so many good scenes together uh and I've barely watched any of it and I'm already like oh my god I'm feeling this this like weird co-worker relationship it doesn't seem like they're gonna have a romantic thing no. So this is a show the whole time. I'm thinking like, where's the second male lead? Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not in the main relationship at all. It's her best friend and her coworker and his brother. 
It's like they oh, have are they brothers? a triangle. Okay, that whole time I'm like, who? What are these? What is this relationship between these two guys? Like, they seem like they hate each other, but they live together. And I am interested in that for sure because it seems like we have a Cyrano de Bergerac situation happening. Maybe <laughs> like it's, it's really it's really good. I really love a show, and this goes back to like what we we're talking about with Reply 1997, where there's a love triangle that is not expected or it's not in the K-drama equation of where it's usually placed. And this is definitely one of those shows where there is no second male lead here for the main couple. Like it's just them. I mean, they got a complicated enough relationship as it is. Yeah. I feel like if you're trying to fall in love with a minor deity, major deity, (laughs) I don't even know. It's like, you got enough on your plate. I will say I'm also the, so up to this point, it seems like this young woman in the hospital that he keeps going to see is like God essentially or earth or other. And I find that depiction of God very comforting. I also do. And, um, I'm a little disappointed you're not farther in because I really wanted to talk to you about God. Any depiction of God fascinates me period or Mm -hmm. whatever. Like you said, some people, mother nature, the great being, whatever people Mm want to call this character and um she's it's heartbreaking like she basically they they depict it as she always comes back as a somebody who's sick or somebody who's suffering and she has to suffer her whole life and then she dies and she feels pain and then she's reborn just to do the whole thing all over again and she does it over and over again because she loves humans so much but throughout the show there are times where i'm like you are an evil little thing like there's just things that she'll say or do and it's like you're not I don't know. I love how they depicted God in the show. In well, way. and I feel like it, it allows you to sort of hang on to this concept of like, why do bad things happen? And it's like, well, because mm-hmm. God isn't in this depiction. God is like a little bit mean. Yeah. <laughs> like or it's, the whole, it's the whole thing. Of, they, they really do embody the whole aspect of like free will. Like mm-hmm. this God is is telling you She's what is going to happen to you. you. And she's not going to make you do anything. Like she's giving you the options and she's just going to watch you do what you want with those options. And it's well, fascinating. In the, in the first episode, I think when we first are introduced to her, she kind of describes like humankind and earth as like a garden and she's the gardener. So all she can do is like tend to it. She can't fully control it because a plant is a wild thing and is going to do what it's going to do. And then doom is the butterfly. So I'm assuming she means like a pollinator. Yes. Um, which that again, should have been a bumblebee in science. I think that's a better yeah, are, are more fun to CGI, maybe. Yes. <laughs> um, but the, at first I was having trouble like grasping that concept. I'm like, okay, wait, I don't, I don't really get, I don't really get what they're trying to achieve here. But the more we go, the more, and the more like empathy that they're giving doom, the more I'm like, oh, okay. So this is not just a like, one-sided kind of simple characterization of doom it's which i again goblin wasn't my favorite show but what they did with the grim reaper is one of my favorite characterizations i've ever seen anywhere Mm -hmm. they made him so complex and so capable of the full range of emotion and then i remember just thinking wow like this is i've never thought about this is making me think about death in a way that doesn't scare me and i'm not sure i've ever been able to do that Mm-hmm. And this does it too, where I'm like, this makes the whole concept of like, why do bad things happen so much less scary? It's like not palatable, but like accessible a little yeah. bit. I, I feel like it's coming at a nice time 
for me personally, where I just needed something a little comforting in that sense. And and I do find it comforting so far, which is a strange thing to say about a TV show all about doom, but <laughs> and that's the and, beauty of cancer and death. And, yeah, and, and I'll, I mean, I'll miss- Towards the end of the show, there was many episodes where I was like, I feel deeply unsettled because Park Bo Young's character is dying. I mean, she's like making plans to say goodbye. She's buying goodbye gifts for her family. Um, she's trying to spend time with Doom, whom she loves. It's like, I don't know. There was just a lot of parts where it's like, this is, it makes you think about your own, own mortality. Which I would I mean, rarely, I rarely would like to. I That's not something I'm interested in thinking about ever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a moment early on where she's so at peace with death, it seems. And I think it's like almost this idea of like, well, of course I'm dying. Nothing good ever happens to me. Like, I think that's how she approaches it initially, but she goes to a photography studio to get her picture taken for her funeral, like her funeral photo. And it's such a good scene or section of the episode because she's so at peace about it. And the photographer assumes she's taking an ID photo. And she says, he says, oh, you can't smile or something. She's like, this isn't an ident- this isn't an ID photo. And then he realizes what she's doing. And then there's just this scene of her walking home carrying this funeral photo of herself. And it's just Framed. like, oh, my God. Framed. Yeah. I mean, it's ready. Like, she is going to make sure everything is in place for her family. It is tough. It is, it is a big a big ask I would say for like a, what I would call like a fun fantasy romantic comedy. (laughs) But I feel like this is why I keep coming back, especially to K dramas in general is I feel like there's just more opportunity to feel a wide range of emotions. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of shows that I've other shows that I find where it's just like, this is what the show is. There's nothing else to it. Right. So yeah, that really stuck with me and I haven't. So again, I haven't, quite finished I've just you know house disappearing that's where I am but (laughs) um there's also this fun it's like checks a lot of boxes for me too because it's like oh the male lead and the female lead move in together out of necessity Megan loves that (laughs) the the male and female lead now work together out of necessity Megan loves that like how much can you force these two people together do it force them together as much as possible and you're like, oh, there's a contract involved. <laughs> I love a contract. I love a relationship contract. I I love um, a stoic male lead, which is funny because in real life, I do not like that. You know, the other thing that I thought was really funny, I, ho- I think you've gotten this far if you're in four, is there's, so when they quote unquote live together, he's watching her and he's like, what are you doing? And she's watching TV, which almost never happens in a K-drama when they're like actively watching a TV show. I know what you're talking about. It's like yeah, Saturday evening, right? Yeah. And she's like, I'm, I'm studying. And I think she was watching Tale of the Nine-Tailed. Yeah, she was. And she's like, I'm studying. And basically she's like trying to study, like you said, like a, like a deity character to figure out how to control doom. And it's, I don't know. I thought it was really funny. Two yeah. other really quick things. They dig on Americans so much in the show. And at first I was like, man, they really hate Americans. But then I was kind of like, I don't know. I kind of feel like we deserve it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't think I've heard any of those yet. There's so many times where she's like, that was so rude. What are you, American? Like she says it like four or five times throughout the show. And I'm like, yeah, what can I say? We've earned that. I'm willing to guess that's fully earned. Yeah, I that was it was definitely intentional because it is sprinkled out throughout the whole show. I will say I'm a little bit 
Well, I was just say I I'm a little bitter. I'm on her side, especially right now, because I thought we would all come out of this horrible last year, like more empathetic and kind. And I know I've spent a lot of time thinking about who I am and my priorities and being a better person and, you know, the mark that I'm leaving on this world. And I just assumed that would be everyone's experience. And I went to one major league baseball game. And let me tell you, it's just lawless now. <laughs> Not that we came out more like happy and kind and patient we're just there it's like no one remembers what rules are it was horrifying <laughs> let's just stay inside forever seriously i feel do like do it with me megan i want to i want to i want to open my window in the morning and say good morning world and it's just your apartment on the other side yeah we're just gonna attach our homes at, at one corner <laughs> we're not gonna move in together we're gonna physically move one home so that they're attached at the living room i love it we'll never have to leave again yeah uh, the other thing I noticed in the show, which I've never really seen, I'm try I'm honestly trying to think of another show. There are so many cigarettes in this show. Does he ever actually smoke one? That's the weird thing. I'm wondering if there's some sort of rating system in Korea where if you actually light it and like physically smoke a cigarette, it makes you know it's either you can't show it or I I don't know. But there are so many times throughout the show, and it's not just his character. There's a couple other characters that will take a cigarette and have it in their mouth. And then like right as they go to light it, somebody will run in and be like, you can't smoke. And it's like, oh, my gosh, I've never seen this many cigarettes in a case. Yeah. It really sticks out to me. Yeah, I don't I cannot at the top of my head. I cannot remember a show with cigarettes unless exactly. it's like a cop show. And it's like, you know, a grizzled old police detective <laughs> or something. But I, even then, I don't really I can't really. And to, let me tell you, I've been watching so many like mystery shows lately. It's definitely like a popular genre. And right now I do think that there's some like super high concept stuff that's been released in the last couple of years. And this Doom at Your Service is the first one where I'm like, yeah, I'm fully in. I'm going to throw myself into this one. It's so good. The acting is phenomenal. The chemistry is great. The side characters are fun. Uncle Kevin. Have you met Uncle Kevin yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> Uncle Kevin is Canadian. He speaks English, not French. I don't think he understands Korean. I don't really understand. Oh, he's like the uncle in Canada with the, their aunt. who with lives Their aunt, Canada. and then they end up moving back. And so you'll yeah. see Uncle Kevin more. Well, I think that's it. I just really wanted to talk to you about these three shows because I haven't really gotten a chance to. I'm, I'm super happy that you watch them. I feel like the, there were a couple of those that I was really rooting for you to watch. Although you do make me want to watch High School King of Savvy again now that I've heard like so many people didn't like it. I feel like I need to re-examine it. Although I, I still feel like it, it was like silly enough that I, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rewatch it. I loved it. I stand by that. I don't think I really it, loved I mean, it. The age gap was big. I'll give you that. It was a big age gap, but they're both adults. I don't know. They genuinely seem to love each other. Uh, I, if anything, she was like, this is not going to work. And he was the one who actively pursued it. So no, I have no issues with the, the age gap. It was yeah. maybe a little weird, but I thought it was super fun. And the storyline was fun. And not realistic at all, but you know, hey, what is? I definitely, I have a vivid memory of the whole marriage conversation happening and me being like, oh, this got too real. <laughs> like this, this hit, this hit the point where I can no longer accept it. But that being said, I remember loving the show because of the, the like incredible chemistry and the fun performances. And it's another one where like pretty much everybody's nice. It's like a lot of nice people being nice oh, to each other. We didn't even mention like there's a grandfather involved. So when Gook's grandfather mm -hmm. is in the show and he's got, um, like dementia and it's pretty bad. Oh, so I forgot like, about that. And, oh, and 
God. And his girlfriend like developed a relationship outside of the house. Like they didn't even know that they all mm-hmm. knew each other. And he called her pretty Nuna and he would go home and talk about how pretty Nuna bought him food and pretty Nuna brought him home. And so I his heard, was like, God, Who's pretty Nuna. I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. And um, yeah, I don't know. I really liked the show. I thought it was fun. Yeah. I, I, I loved it when I saw it and I, it made me like smile from ear to ear. Just very cute. I really let's start the petition to bring squad 38 back. Everyone should watch squad 38. It is. I'm so so mad at myself for not watching it. It's one of somebody who likes to like analyze the structure of a show. I feel like there's not a weak link in that show. Like story-wise, it is so strong. Goku plays a con man and he does it so well. It's frightening. Like, well, it's like the smile has left your eyes where it's like, for half the show, you're like, I think he might have murdered somebody. You're just not sure. You're just not sure. You have like five minutes to talk about that because I just had this yes. conversation with somebody else. He technically did murder somebody. That car accident thing, he orchestrated that. Oh, see, and I was thinking about the girl that committed suicide. You're right. He no, did not. He, he like, he, without ever getting his hands dirty. I feel like that was the what I ended with was like, you had so much sympathy for him because of what he'd been through. And he does end up showing that he is a character who can feel empathy. And like the cat obviously is very emotional. Like I, I relate to loving cats, but I could never quite reconcile the like deep evil with which he was willing to just like see what he could do. Yeah. Like, like that's some of the most dastardly stuff I've ever seen in a show. And and I think that's why that show is so successful because it is really crazy I mean like you don't want to watch but you can't stop watching because the Mm -hmm. characters are so complex except for her again I come back to like I didn't get what her deal was like if I were her and I saw but again anyway it doesn't matter he killed her best friend he killed her best friend and she just kind of bounced back from it And like, again, I feel like if you have a shared childhood trauma, I think that's what we're supposed to understand is that they have this deep connection that they don't understand, but it's so strong that they, that she can't deny it. And so that when we get to that part, I'm like, okay, like I get it. She's drawn to him and she doesn't know why, but again, her brother, one conversation from her older brother, one quick talk with him could have solved everybody's problems. I, this is like verbatim a conversation that we had in another podcast where I was like, so many lives could have been spared. And they <laughs> one had one big, tough conversation. <laughs> and he just did not want to have that conversation with her. Like, well, you even bring up when you said she bounced back after her friend died. She confronts him on his rooftop apartment and says, if you could go back in time, would you do it all over again? knowing what knowing what would the outcome would be and he was like yeah <laughs> she's just like okay and that that showed there were many moments and again this is a testament to like the fact that Sunkook is such an amazing actor there are moments where I'm like girl run get away from me like this this is not the show thought it was he's gonna kill like I believe he might kill you I believe his end game is murder like he was very scary he was very very scary but you end up falling in love with him. I don't know. I And then again, I finished that show, read all the reviews and comments. 
And many, many people were like, I don't know. I think the Japanese version is darker. And I was like, how? how oh, it is. It darker? From what I've read, it's like considerably darker. And we're not even, we've like totally failed to mention another excellent Sonkup show, which is Hello Monster, in which he also plays a borderline sociopath character. And he does it so well. It's just amazing that he can play something so dark, a character that's so dark, and he can play characters that are so bright. And yes. like he he just and then let's while we're talking about him if you haven't listened to him sing you guys are missing <laughs> out voice <laughs> of an angel voice of an angel he's so funny i was watching a lot of interviews with him and there's a particular interview you can youtube it where he i think they i think if you type into youtube like so and gook reveals his birth secret or figures out his birth secret and basically he's on a, he's on a talk show with his mom and they're like is there an age difference between you and your husband and she's like yeah there's it's like three or four years that she's older and which is like a big deal I guess I didn't realize that that was a big deal that the woman was older and um and so she's like well we got pregnant and then we registered our marriage and she's like saying months and years and you can see so and gook and like sitting there like <laughs> trying to do the math and all of a sudden he realizes like his pair when his parents like first met and then when they got pregnant with him was very close together and he's like oh ma and he like stands up in the show and he's like freaking out it's he so realized it on television but it's just like he's talented he can sing you know, he's hilarious you know, he seems to have funny, a family he's got it all I feel like my process when i'm obsessed with an actor or some or a show or something is i gotta learn everything about them and then watch every single interview with them i don't think i've watched i've seen that one but i'm not sure i've watched all that many interviews with him and now i feel like i know what i'm gonna do for this long holiday weekend let's do it girl you send I, me good ones you find. I just love him. I think he is the the <laughs> cream of the crop. I I love him. I've never been disappointed by him. But yeah, I'm just a lot because he watched Smile has left your eyes. So yeah, this he, you know I love him. If I have got if I was able to get through the Smile has left your eyes. Although I will say from just a visual perspective, it is a beautiful show to look at. It's so beautiful. The, who I don't know who did color correcting on that. That's mm-hmm. all I can think of the whole show is the color is so consistent and matches the mood in every shot. It, it is, is so beautifully mood beautifully shot and color corrected. It, it just has such a great vibe because it's not overly creepy and it's not overly sunny. Mm-hmm. It just feels right the whole time you're watching it. Um, again, there's a twist that is upsetting. <laughs> And a twist that typically would have sent me right out would have been like, absolutely not. But I forged ahead. God, it's just like you could start listing off the things where you're like, this could be its own show. I'm going to say this. Here's a spoiler alert. You get, what, 15 episodes in before you realize this show's about a cult? Like the whole storyline hinges on a cult and you don't even know it till like the penultimate episode that all of this is because of a cult. Since you already said spoiler alert, I did text you. <laughs> I think I had three or four episodes left and I was like, I've never in my life rooted for incest as hard as I am rooting for. Right I, I feel like, I feel like that, that twist totally like I, I think I about where you had the inclination like are they brother and sister in my head I started going like no they're not <laughs> they wouldn't do that like I I had convinced myself there was absolutely no way they were gonna go there and then they they go there 
which again is the the important conversation her other uh, her like not actual brother adopted <laughs> brother who she thinks is her actual brother if he'd had a quick conversation like hey there's a chance you two are related rather than be like stay away from him because in what world does that work on a like a doomed romance when you're like stay away from that guy or else of course she's not going to unless you say you might be blood related <laughs> i feel like that's the like a surefire way to make sure they don't hook up <laughs> like and he just would never go to that point so many lives could have been spared <laughs> for for if you if you ignored the spoiler alert and haven't watched it and are now like what they're not brother and sister <laughs> Thank God, because that would have been a hard thing to come to terms with. I'm going to be honest, though. As, okay, people had problems with the age gap in high school, King of Savvy. There were moments where I was really questioning, like, why couldn't th this couple is doomed? Like, they've had the worst childhood. They've faced obstacle after obstacle. They finally found each other. They finally found another human soul that they can talk to and depend on and trust and lean into. Like, and then it was like, oh, they're probably brother and sister. And I was like, you know what? Good for them. <laughs> I got to say, Becca coming in with the hot takes today. I want to say right now, I do not endorse any of Becca's hot takes. <laughs> I don't know. I think I was just, pandemic has put me in a weird place where I'm really trying to put myself in other Becca's people's just shoes. Like, and I was like, you know like, what? If this your, is something live, the way, live the way you want to live, man. Who am I, I to judge? It's not hurting anybody else. Whatever, um, you know? I, I think with the smiles left your eyes, it's like I said earlier, if there was Sorry, one trauma at the crux of your hot show, take show, um, I feel like maybe I could have come at it differently, but it was like a sociopath and murder and like forced suicide he like convinces her to kill herself which is horrifying then there's like uh like childhood trauma of like losing your parents but then there's also childhood trauma of like your adopted brother not being your actual brother and you don't know that you're not actually related and then there's this childhood trauma of like maybe i'm dating my brother and then there's a cult like but then there's the trauma of my parents your dad killed my parents with an axe and they like saw it like the kids were like he like protected her from seeing it i think but like and then there's just like they die and everybody dies and like i don't remember who kills them but i remember they die it's like a manhunt for him and they both end up in this cabin in the mountains where they saw their parents get killed we've just laid out all of these horrible things that happen in this show the car accident is one of the most disturbing scenes i've ever seen in my life because again testament to his acting it is chilling he is chillingly calm and it is shot and directed and edited so well that I like I had to stop after that scene and be like, can I finish this show? Because this is like I think that like the greater the greater question is like, what are humans capable of both as a manipulator and as someone who's being manipulated? Like, what is the most basic like darkness of a human soul? And frankly, that's not necessarily what I was signing up for when I saw that two of my favorite K-drama actors were acting opposite each other in the show. One more thing, and then I swear we'll wrap it up. But in Gook, the thing you just said that made me think of it was in Gook's character also several times while he's dating her best friend, she's like, do you even love her? And he's like, I mean, how do we know unless we try? And it's like, he says things that seem very logical, but then he's like, it's like going to church. Like the church looks pretty, so you go in, but then you realize there's no God. So it's like he's saying, I know I'm not going to fall in love with her, but like, 
I guess I'll just try because she's beautiful and she's willing to sleep with me. It's like, it's, yeah. it's unsettling. And the way that that care, like the friend, the friend is a sad character to begin with because she's in this horrible relationship with this younger, this other guy. And then she is so drawn in by Sung's character that you're like, she's doomed. Like this character is, is lot is very lost. And so I think that makes it all the more painful what happens to her because you're like, there was nobody there to save her. You no, know what I mean? Not even her own mother. Yeah. Not no, her best friend. Like her best friend the guy she her. thought was her boyfriend. Like, nobody she, was going to save she's her. She's truly the most tragic part of the show. And I think it was the most affecting part of the show was everything that happened with her. And then, and then she's suddenly gone. And then they introduce all these other things. But it was difficult for me to accept that he wasn't pure evil after seeing that that portion of it because you're right that when she asks him to feel things it's like he he doesn't understand what she's saying but i think then what they're what they try to make it and again again it's been like at least three years since i watched this one so i'm not remembering everything but i think that the reason that they make you feel sympathy for him is that they're saying he's not a sociopath he was just so traumatized by what happened to him that he is he has made himself shut down it is emotions because he it's like a defense mechanism rather than uh, like a personality disorder, something like mm -hmm. that. And it was really complicated. And I do think that there was a lot of times where I just had to be like, I just got to go with it. Like, I, I don't know what this is. I don't know who these people are and like why they're making these terrible decisions, but I just got to accept it and go with it. it. It is a fascinating show. I think, I think that, that could play that role. There's not a lot of people that could play a potential no. psychopath. No. But like, be charming enough to still make you root for him. Because there's a scene too where she's like, "I don't want you to do these bad things. I want you to be a good person." And he's like, he like sighs and looks at her, and he looks so sad. And he's like, "Teach me how." And it was yeah. a moment where in the show, I remember being like, "My breath was just taken away." Like that one line and the way he delivered it was like, "He doesn't know how to. He doesn't know what good is. Like he just doesn't know." Yeah, and he's not. He's never been around anyone who would take the time to show him. And mm -hmm. I think obviously that's playing it like a very like kind of tropey thing of like I can fix him like I, I can fix him thing which heck no I'm uh -uh. I'm not gonna try to fix anybody <laughs> yeah. is that what, when you're like girl run run yeah he cannot be fixed give up like let him do his own weird thing because you got you got stuff going on oh I think what we talked about when I first brought this show up like months years ago now on our podcast was I said I, I think it's a good show, but I'm not sure I would recommend it to anyone because it is a, it's a heavy lift. Mm -hmm. like, you got to really be wanting, cause it, it's like, it's, tr it's, tr it's scary. It's, it's upsetting. A lot of upsetting stuff happens and not in just a like fun, pulpy, dramatic way. And a like, oh, I have to actually consider the implications of what just happened. Yes. So if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> Boy, is this show for you. <laughs> I feel like it's one of a kind. I can't think of any other show I, like it, honestly. I feel like it's in line with something like, man. What was that Jang Nara show that you were like, you got to watch it. So many weird things happen. Or is it comparable oh, to that? Oh, that's a totally different speed. <laughs> that one you just got to, uh, The Last Empress. You just got to watch that because it is bonkers city. Like... <laughs> Like that's one where it's not like, like this show, like horrible thing after horrible thing happens, but it's on like a deep psychological level. That's like a horrible thing after horrible <laughs> thing happens. Like it starts with a terrorist attack and then ends with like, like lots of murders and like 
oh, like hiding murders. And then this one woman reverts to a childlike state. I mean, like it is, <laughs> it is absolute <laughs> insanity. It makes no sense, but uh, you just gotta buckle up and take the ride. Cause <laughs> it's, it's like fun, ridiculous as opposed to this, which is deeply terrifying work inner workings of the human psyche ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> oh all right well on that note <laughs> we're all broken if you, if you don't agree with any of our hot takes how can they get a hold of us Megan? Right, real quick. if you don't agree with any of becca's hot takes <laughs> I take no particular stance on anything. <laughs> I am through taking a stance. <laughs> I apologize to all. Um, I don't even know how to get a hold of us. <laughs> I think just Twitter right now. Twitter, Listen, we're busy. We it's we a pandemic. The world is horrible. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, guys, we're still digging our way out of this. <laughs> I know I am. Um, I think it's Nunia Business podcast at gmail.com is an active email address for us. Um, and then at Nunia Business on Twitter. Um, I don't know if like many of you, the pandemic and the last year, all the things that have gone on have made me very, very scared of social media or like, just like I had to take a step back. Um, it, that's why we are <laughs> not super active, but I hope you're all enjoying your present selves and the beauty of the world around you when you when and where you can find it because I know I'm trying to do that more same yeah. and I appreciate there have been a few people who have reached out uh through social media through even some of my like private social media channels and just to check in and say hi and wish us well so that's beautiful. that's lovely we Everybody hope you're all doing well we hope that you're we hope that you're all hanging in there yeah do some self-care and that doesn't mean like face masks and stuff that means like get enough sleep and yeah. Eat good foods and be nice to your mind. So take a walk. Take a walk. A walk solves all my problems ninety nine percent of the time. You know, what and I a mean? tall glass of water. Reading Go books. To the drink a tall glass of water. Lots of water. I've been reading lots of books. I've been trying to figure out a better version of me. That's my K drama. A better I version love of the me. way you are, Megan. I love the way you are too. Thanks for doing this today. Thank I've also gotten lazy. So had you not been like, girl, let's do this, I would have been like, I'll just sleep all day. <laughs> well, this, honestly, it always makes my soul so happy to laugh at laugh at the things you say because you're like the funniest person I know. So you're the only person that thinks I'm funny. So this is deeply healing for me. Also, <laughs> I get on with Becca and I'm like, God, I'm hilarious. And then no, I made a real weird joke at work the other day, and it made people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was there. It was like, I'll tell you guys because it's so stupid. And like, you're going to be like, why would you say that at work? You idiot. <laughs> but I'm so, I'm so awkward now. Like, I just don't remember how to be anymore. I'm, I'm trying really hard and I'm struggling because I feel like a different person coming out of 2020, which I'm sure many people do. My, one of my coworkers said something about, um, she went to the doctor for a checkup and it just so happened her mom, who also goes to the same doctor, they had a like an appointment on the same day, which is just a funny coincidence. And I was like, haha, I make my mom come to all my doctor's appointments too. And they were like, wait, really? <laughs> and I was like, no. And they were like, it just seems like maybe you would. 
which like is already awkward. But then I made the joke. Well, sometimes I make her come to my gynecologist. (laughs) (laughs) Or I said something like, oh, no, just the gynecologist. Like, (laughs) joking. (laughs) And they were all like, deeply uncomfortable because definitely not on gynecologist terms. (laughs) I haven't even met some of these people in person because of hiring during work from home. It was a weird, it was a weird move on my part for sure. But my brain just did not know how to filter. I can't filter anymore, which is why I will, I will be bringing no hot takes because first of all, I don't know what I'm saying. And second of all, I don't even know if I believe what I'm saying most of the time. I just say it because I no longer remember how to not say things. And I'm over here like, yeah, hardcore Dina romance. Incest is okay. (laughs) Once again, I do not endorse anything Becca just said. (laughs) Fully do not endorse. In reality, I do not endorse it. And the dramas, they were, I I could deal with it. (laughs) Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. Usually I'm the one saying that. That's really (laughs) funny. Usually I'm like, no one listen to me. I don't know how to do anything. (laughs) How the tables have turned. Look, we've gotten real weird in this safer at home period. <laughs> for for darn sure, things have gotten weirder. It's like how I said I thought people would come out of this nicer and more empathetic. I thought I would come out more whole and complete and kind. And I'm just like a whole weirdo now. <laughs> like, well, thank, thank God you think it's charming and funny because I'm not sure there's going to be anybody left on this side of it. <laughs> God bless you. <ya. laughs> Oh, all right. Well, we're going to get going. Thank you, Megan. This was amazing. I really needed this. Have a good 4th of July. You too. Happy 4th. Have fun with all those cats. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're just going to be catting about. (laughs) We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.